Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And since it is the start, relatively, of the new year... What better time than to talk about exercise? Because it seems like everywhere I turn in my neighborhood, there are boot camps Mm -hmm. running around. My yoga class is now bursting at the seams. I do not have much room for my sun salutations. Mm -mm. I am a little irked. And I feel like it's all provoked because of the New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. Gotta lose the quote-unquote holiday pounds. New year, new body. (laughs) And yeah, it's uh, everybody is trying to fulfill those New Year's resolutions. I, however, am uh, going to the gym to quit, cancel my membership. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going the opposite way because my resolution is more to save money. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been using my membership as much as I should. So I'm going to cancel that puppy. That's a great idea. And I I quit my gym a couple years ago because my resolution was to see more daylight outside yeah. of a building. Mm-hmm. Uh. But enough about that. Uh, The question that came to my mind, probably because I do take yoga, that's the only kind of organized exercise that I do, uh, and my classes are mostly women. And if you see the boot camps around town, a lot of times I've noticed it's a lot of women. So I got an assumption in my head that maybe, especially around this time of year, women exercise more than men. Could be. Maybe we're trying to recover from all that cake and mm-hmm. pie and turkey we ate over the holidays. Yeah, unnecessary body standards, body <laughs> standards, things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. So we set out to answer this question of whether women or men exercise more. And first thing we come across is a study about what happens on the playground. Yeah. It starts in the very beginning. And, and apparently socialization, boys are one way, girls are another way, and this affects playtime. And this study found, it's out of the UK, found that girls take part in 6% less vigorous playtime activity than boys do. And according to Dr. Nikki Rogers at Liverpool University, girls, we tend to, when when we're little, we tend to spend time in smaller groups and engage in verbal games, conversation, and socializing. So women be shopping. So basically, while we're playing mash, <laughs> they are yeah, uh, racing. Boi- yeah, boys are in larger groups, which she says lends themselves to physical games such as football mm-hmm. or, or soccer, depending <laughs> on where you live. Uh, and data from the National Child Measurement Program in England is concerned about the low level of playtime activity for boys and girls, even though and, and girls are exercising even less than boys, because. Because by age 11, 33% of children are overweight or obese, a statistic which is reflected, obviously, in the United States as well. Yeah, and Rogers points out that it's definitely a concern that maybe the differences in exercise and physical activity um, maybe could be contributing to this problem of obesity, childhood obesity. Um, and that, you know, maybe we should try to uh, have games and playground equipment that appeals to both. Boys and girls. So, like, extreme mash. Extreme <laughs> mash, where, like, yeah, kind of combine mash and duck-duck-goose somehow. Uh-huh. 
There you go. That's it. Yeah, instead of drawing the circle, you have to run around. I think we just invented something. We did. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and the, this gender difference seems to carry over throughout the lifetime. Uh, in a study funded by the National Prevention Research Initiative, for people over 70, older women tend to be less active than men. And Ken Fox is a professor of exercise and health sciences at the University of Bristol, partially attributes this to traditional gender roles where the men might be getting out and cutting the lawn and being more active, uh, whereas women might have a lower intensity activities indoors. Right. Like like chores. Mm-hmm, like laundry. biscuit making. <laughs> yes. Crocheting. Yes. Both of which I like doing. I have never crocheted. I tried to learn to knit one time from a kit, mm-hmm. and I, I all I did is kept knotting the the yarn. It wasn't working. I went through a crocheting phase. Not gonna lie, I'd like okay. to. Uh, I'd like to restart that. Bet it didn't get you out of the house, though. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> I did not do extreme knitting or crocheting. I should say. Now there are some also some interesting differences in how much people are exercising depending on their marital status. And this is coming from a study in 2000 about of about 13,000 Americans aged 18 to 64, and it charts their hours of exercise in a two-week period. Yeah, and as you might predict, uh, single people, men and women, exercise more than people in any other marital category. And those are divorced or separated, currently married, and widowed. So even though... The single people in both groups are exercising more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Men are still exercising more than women in way every more. single. Yeah, way more. Way more. Uh, single men, always, always single men, uh, reported that they put in eight hours and three minutes of exercise in the last two week period that they reported. And the always single women said that they put in five hours and 25 minutes. Now I wonder, you, you gotta take into account it sounds like there's a lot of self-reporting going on. Perhaps mm-hmm. men inflate what they're doing in terms of exercise. Maybe we're, they're counting more walking or yeah. stair climbing. And as we should point out, this is a cross-sectional study that just captured that one moment in time, that mm-hmm. one two-week period. So it could be that, I mean, if they captured them right after New Year's, maybe right. everybody is really exercising. Maybe if you did this again in, like, June... It wouldn't be as high, I don't know. Uh, but it's nevertheless a pretty stark difference, and also a stark difference between those always single men and the currently married men. And even when they controlled for age, since uh, the age span does go from 18 to 64 in this study, it was still uh, married men getting far less exercise than single men. Yeah, they, they controlled also for married men's parental status and hours put in at work. Just in case, like, okay, well, it could make sense that if you have kids and or work a lot outside of the home that, you know, maybe you're not able to exercise. But they did control for that, and the married men still had less exercise time. Mm -hmm. But here's a little nugget of information that grabbed my attention in terms of women and marriage and working. From the mid-70s to the mid-90s, during a period when women's labor force participation increased, our participation in exercise also increased dramatically. I wonder if that's just, well, I'm already getting out of the house. I'm taking control of my finances. I'm an independent woman. I'm going to go get on the Stairmaster. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the what the deal is I there. feel like I'm just imagining just a woman juggling balls, and it's just another 
another ball to juggle. Yeah. Um, so basically work and exercise, not mutually exclusive mm-hmm. for women, but yeah, single folks, we're leading the pack. With some of us. <laughs> some, some of us are leading the pack and others of us are wearing pajamas all day on Sundays. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the thing is, Caroline, maybe, maybe you need to wear those pajamas, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you don't need to exercise in the same way that a man does because your body is built differently. Tell me more. How about that for a segue? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Exercise scientists have only started focusing on gender differences in how the male and female body exercises and responds to exercise in the past decade and really only in the past few years as it started to ramp up. For instance, we ran across a New York Times blog post highlighting some studies on how when sports scientists have recreated male-only experiments to include women, they have found that women react much differently. For instance, um, they've discovered that estrogen affects your metabolism and muscular health much differently than it would in men. Uh, researchers at McMaster University in Canada gave estrogen to male athletes and then had them complete a strenuous bicycling session. And it served as some kind of metabolism booster. It was magical. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a total magic bullet. They seem to have developed new metabolisms. They burn more fat and a smaller percentage of protein or carbohydrates to fuel their exertion, just like women do. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the whole thing about carbo-loading before an endurance exercise that has been around uh, for so long, it doesn't work the same for women. It's really not that great for us. Certainly, yeah, it does not work the same. And Massey University in New Zealand did a study, uh, also a cycling, an extreme cycling session, uh, and had the male participants... Uh, carbo load and and eat protein and they looked at uh, the recovery time mm-hmm. and you know did did test a couple days later and, and then they found that uh, men definitely rely on both carbs and protein to fuel not only uh, their exercise but their recovery this is definitely not the same for women who rely more on the fat burn mm-hmm. to fuel their exercise and it seems too that estrogen might have kind of a uh, a protective Effect on our bodies when we are exercising. For instance, a study at Massey University in New Zealand found during another cycling study. Apparently, it's very easy to study. Well, this is the one that uh, David Rollins at Massey recreated. Right. Yes, because you know women were like, "Hello, we're different. We're not mm-hmm. the same. Can you not? Can you not do a study that's only men?" Right, and they suffered less muscle damage, mm-hmm. possibly because of the estrogen. Yeah, in the study, Rollins found that women's blood contained lower levels of creatine kinase, a biochemical marker of trauma in muscle tissue. And so while he's not really sure why, what's going on here, he did, yeah, he did suggest that it could be estrogen protecting our muscles. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing when it comes to gender differences with exercise. In a previous podcast, we've touched on how it's easier for men to lose weight than women, which has been very frustrating mm-hmm. for you know straight couples who are losing weight together because the guy will just instantly he'll stop drinking coke, you know, <laughs> and she's on this treadmill and still can't uh, match him in pounds lost. But it all has to do with how we um, metabolize and how 
when we, when women do endurance exercises, if we're running marathons, our body actually switches more into a survival mode and holds on to energy storages. We're slowly burning fat. Which makes exercise sound terrifying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, because we, you know, we're evolutionarily protecting ourselves to, uh, I guess, to take care of our yeah, offspring. Pop out some babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas men just go and they have those fast stores of energy from mm-hmm. carbohydrates and proteins and, uh, there you go. And they have the higher density of muscle that also fuels their more efficient calorie burning. Exactly. It's all about lean muscle mass, folks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, according to Leslie Rochford, uh, she's the executive editor of Women's Health Magazine. Uh, she was answering questions on their on their website and from a lot of frustrated exercisers. And one one person wrote in about like, why am I having such a hard time losing weight when my husband is is having an easier time? And uh, Rochford said that men have more natural muscle mass, which fuels metabolism, so they lose weight faster and easier. Those jerks. Um, and she suggested that women can speed weight loss by building more lean muscle mass through strength training. So don't just you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a runner and just running. Yeah. I, that would be a great first step for me, don't you think? <laughs> but she suggested that women uh, try to lift weights now and again. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, in exchange for their fat-burning muscle mass, we have uh, shapely curves. There so. you go. Glass half full. <laughs> well, yeah, men's, men's uh, muscle mass also raises their just their resting metabolic rate. So even when they're sitting on the couch, <laughs> they're still burning more calories than we are. Well, another thing, too, is uh, we tend to perceive the outcomes of exercise differently. And I think this has to do possibly with more of uh, socialization factors. But men are really motivated to or more motivated, at least according to studies, to want to you know, do the rigorous exercises and build the muscle and see it as a way to feel better and feel stronger. Whereas a lot of times women's motivations for exercising is more about shapeliness and wanting to look better. Or if you're like me, you want to exercise so that you can eat that ice cream exactly. and drink a glass of wine. It's kind of that means to an end. Yeah. And uh, Weight Watchers did a study. And chief scientist, their chief scientist, Karen Miller-Kovach, said that men see sweating as a badge of honor. So they're in the gym adding more and more weight, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bulk up because they're thinking, obviously this is a generalization, but they're thinking, oh, I'm going to add all this weight, so I'm going to be huge and muscly, whereas women are going like, oh, I'm just going to lift this three-pound mm-hmm. weight because I'm so terrified of looking like Madonna. So, but, but as we've heard, you, you should lift more weight as a lady. Right. But that drive for muscularity is also a potential risk factor for men. Uh, there was a 2002 study from the University of Florida, which found that college age men, and this is confirmed by time spent in our college gym, <laughs> Caroline, uh, college age men were twice as likely as their female counterparts to exercise to excess and become f- distraught if they miss one Session. Yeah, well, that's that whole issue of uh, exercise dependency. Yeah. And it does make you feel better. Sure, Absolutely. It relieves anxiety and tension and all that stuff. But y- you can become um, hooked mm-hmm. and, and should really not try to push yourself over the limit. There's it's there's a difference between pushing yourself and trying to get healthier and pushing yourself and then injuring yourself. Right. And women have to watch out, too, because according to Jennifer Bama of Brigham and Women's Hospital, 
we, you know, we do exercise differently and we respond differently to exercise. And we have to actually work harder to keep our hips in line with our knees when we're doing things like running and jumping. So our bodies, not only are our bodies responding differently to exercise, but um, we're physically different, obviously. Mm-hmm. For instance, women tend to have smaller hearts. And on the downside, estrogen actually counteracts a, pro- a protein, which is produced when we uh, exercise really intensely, which helps protect the heart against tissue damage. So we might be at a higher risk of that kind of tissue damage because of estrogen. Um, and we also have smaller lungs, which can limit exercise tolerance. Which makes me feel better about when I'm on the treadmill mm-hmm. and I'm next to a dude and I'm like... <gasps> You know, I'm I'm doing that awful, ugly, heavy breathing thing and turning bright red. And then the trainer comes over and he's like, are you all right? Do you need to get off? But that doesn't mean that we are not fit for endurance competition, even though here's a staggering fact for folks out there. It wasn't until 1984 that women were allowed to compete in the Olympic marathon. Crazy. That has only been 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're actually better suited to long-distance running marathons because we've got fat, mm-hmm. all that wonderful fat oh, yeah. that, that's more of a long-burning fuel as opposed to carbs or protein. So even though over the long term, if we're doing all of that, we might not we might not necessarily burn the same amount of calories as guys, but mm-hmm. hey, we can, we can run. We can burn fat. And you'd think, because when they, they gave... In that study we mentioned earlier, when they gave men estrogen, all of a sudden the men were like, bam, fat, gone. And they weren't <laughs> relying, their bodies weren't relying so much on proteins and carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. We, you'd think like, oh, well, then why do we have the harder time losing weight? But, you know, several studies that we looked at showed that women just have to work harder right, than because men do to, to lose that fat that we're holding on to. Right, because our fuel is... Uh, Perhaps in a way you could think of it as a, a gas tank premium because it burns slower <laughs> and longer. Um, yes. But for all of our gender differences in motivations for exercise and how our bodies respond to exercise, and yes, these are a lot of generalizations that we have mentioned, here's the thing that we can all take away, and that is the fact that every single one of us probably needs more exercise. What are you talking about? Unless a lot of people have written in um, and say that they listen to the podcast while they're at the gym or going jogging. Mm-hmm. So for those of you exercising while you're listening to this right now, kudos, because you are in the minority. And don't be embarrassed about your panting. No. Just, you have smaller lungs as a woman. And it's I get red face. I get so red. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, yeah. People <laughs> people get, have concerned looks when they pass me on yeah. the sidewalk if I'm jogging. Uh, but according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 60% of American adults are not regularly active, and 25% of us aren't active at all. At all. Well, it says you get those law and order marathons going, and it's hard I to know. get off the couch. Yeah, and especially, I mean, I'm now into Downton Abbey. Every episode's like an hour and a half. Yeah. And just for for one more kind of frightening statistic. This is coming from an American Time Use survey that was recorded from uh, 2003 to 2008 among 80,000 people, 20 years old and over. Only 5% of respondents reported any vigorous activities on a day-to-day basis. And the most common uh, moderate activity 
that everyone reported was uh, food and drink preparation. The most calories, take that in, people. The most calories that we are burning during the day is when we are microwaving that Hungry Man XXL <laughs> dinner before we tuck in Gross. for a Law & Order marathon. Gross. That's awful. So so the calories we're burning are immediately um, added back. Yes. And probably double or triple yes. or quadruple. They're depending. XXL. <laughs> XXL. That is scary. Um, that makes me want to do push-ups. I think I think hard about it. I really do. I just it's hard. I don't have time. I'm tired. It is hard, yeah. And our our constant work cycle is completely tiring. And commute times and hello, child rearing. I can't imagine that. I have none of those things to blame it on. Just laziness. Just podcasting. <laughs> just podcasting. So I think we can take away that men and women are different in every single possible imaginable way. But men, you do exercise more than we do. Yeah, you do. So k- kudos. Try to get your female friends, girlfriends, wives, whoever, sisters, mothers into the gym with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that we can all be so healthy. Exactly. Healthy and live long and productive lives. Yeah. So so ladies, uh, I'd, I'd like to know if we have listeners, female listeners out there who are like, what? This is ridiculous. I'm at the gym every day. Mm-hmm. I run marathons every weekend. So I, I want to know about the, the extremes. Yeah, people who exercise regularly out there, what keeps you motivated? Yeah, please tell me. Something, anything. Because it's easy to go on the New Year's kick of mm-hmm. getting in the, the gym or the yoga class or the boot camp every day for, I don't well, not every day, but regularly for a couple months, and then it slowly tapers off. So what do you do? Let us know. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. And on a much lighter note, I have an adorable email from a listener named Julia who writes, I was listening to your perfume podcast from way back when. I was listening to your perfume podcast earlier, and you said that a woman might like perfume similar to what her mother had worn. I'm 14 years old, and my mom and I each have a perfume lotion from Bath and Body Works. I recently secretly stole hers, I hope she's not listening, (laughs) and replaced it with mine because it smells so much like her, and it makes me happy when I wear it. So I agree with you that a girl would like a perfume similar to her mom's. Hmm. That's very sweet. That is sweet. Uh, this is a, an email from Allison about our Imaginary Friends podcast. And she said, you mentioned something about the number of imaginary friends. And I wanted to tell you that I had seven imaginary friends. They were all named Katie. And they were about seven inches tall with wings. One would say bad words like poop. And I would immediately have to rush in and tell my mom that Katie had said that word. Another one used to fly out of open car windows, forcing my family to spin more than one car ride with their hands flinging out the window trying to help me catch Katie as she tried to fly away. I I just like to interrupt here and say that my parents never would have (laughs) participated. (laughs) Anyway, she says, at one point I was at dinner with my family when suddenly I stood up on the booth, raised my hand above my head, snapped or tried to my fingers and cried, waiter, more napkins, please, because Katie, because different Katie had put her face in her food. As she did often. Katie. I'm an only I'm an only child and have always been told that I have great verbal skills. I'm not sure what all this says about me now, but the podcast was one of my favorites. So thank you. I have been thank really you, Allison and all of your Katie's. Yeah, and to all of you who've been sitting in stories about imaginary friends, they are a delight. <laughs> we still haven't heard anything about Cucumber Boy. No. 
I know you're out there. <laughs> Send us an email, momstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or hey, head over to our Facebook page. Or you can follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Or you can check out the blog during the week. It's stuff mom never told you at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?